are y'all doing today? Have I asked you once, but I'm going to ask you one more time. How are you doing? Good? Amen. Oh, it's good, isn't it? It's good to live in, uh, in Michigan right now. No snow. I, I'm okay with it. I'm just going to be honest. No snow. I mean, if that's all we got was that little bit last night, I am fine with that. All right. Two brief announcements. This one's going to really excite you. I mean, you're gonna, you're, this is going to change your week. We're having a cleanup, uh, a cleanup day here at the church. I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to clean up the de- Christmas decorations. We have some closets to clean out. So if you have anything in that closet you want to make sure it's yours, you want, want, check it now before we have our cleanup day. We're going to be moving some stuff out and cleaning some stuff up. And so we have a lot of rooms in the church that just need to reorganize. We have spring conference coming here. It will be here before we know it. So now it's time to start doing these things. So on the 11th of January, so that's this Saturday at 11 a.m. So on the 11th at 11, we need hands and helpers to help us uh, clean our Christmas decorations and do some other cleaning around the church, attics, closets, things like that, okay? And I like it says, see Heather Freeman for information. So I guess you're in charge. <laughs> she does the bulletin, so she's, she's like, if you have questions and, and, and uh, things like that, and we will, we will feed you. How about that? That might bring out a few people. We will feed you. Uh, steak. Who wants steak for cleaning up? We will have the biggest turnout ever, right? Steak, potatoes. I shouldn't say that. It will be in the form of pizza. There will be meat on it. There will be meat. All right. And one other thing. This one's a little ways off, but just something to make you aware of. Uh, January 29th, uh, for our members of this church, uh, we have our annual business meeting. We're going to be starting some things. I was inspired this, this last week. I was at a church in Pennsylvania. Matter of fact, there was a church that a lot of my, my former youth ministry leads and runs. And uh, they do something in their, in their discipleship program in membership. So after this business meeting, we're going to be doing some things for a more uh, uh, active membership um, um, discipleship training thing and also ongoing membership. If you're interested in being a member, uh, we're going to be doing some more um, uh, active things, I guess you could say, more consistent for people who would like to become members of this church body. But for our members, annual business meeting, January 29th, uh, sharing some new stuff, some new reports. So leaders, we need your reports to the office by January 22nd, so you can either give those to Heather, but there is a little mailbox by her office door. Just put it in there by the 22nd. Aren't you excited to hear those announcements? Amen. All right. I'm more excited to read the Word this morning. If you have your Bibles, let's go right to the, to the book of James. We're going to be getting at chapter 4, reading verse 8, and I'm going to uh, share some thoughts this morning before we Uh, have the Lord's Supper together at the end of the sermon. We'll do that at the end. But if you have your Bibles or you can look on the screen, let's read together. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and He will come even closer to you. Pretty simple math right there, right? Move closer to God, He'll come closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop Doubting, right? I want to, that's kind of a great thing to kind of say, Lord, I want to be closer to God. Like closer than ever before. I don't think we ever want to stop that prayer of like, God, I want to be closer to you. Uh, and, and, and as we move closer to God, it says, right, um, 
he will come even closer to you. This is a promise that we find in the Bible. Like if we are uh, coming to God, desiring to be closer to him, he will be closer to us. So this is a, a, a promise, but before there ever is a promise, there's a process that has to happen, right? And, and sometimes we know that the process is a challenge. There's many things I want to happen in my life, in my walk with God. And, and, and it's, I want these things, but there's also a process to getting these things. Amen? Like, like for instance, like, God, I want to I see our church move in some areas uh, of growth, uh, of, of revival, of restoration. But there's also a process that has to happen. We have to fast. We have to pray. We have to humble ourselves. So there's a, a process, and it's a challenge. It's, I like to say it's aligning ourselves with, with God. You know, how many know when you drive your car and your alignment is a little bit out, you know, it, it, it's really bothersome. It really, I mean, it kind of like, you, I, just, I just don't like that feeling. It's, it's in a, being in alignment with God. And what, what we have to be careful is that we don't align ourselves with the world more than we do with God. Amen? It's, it's aligning with God and aligning with the, the vision of the church and what God is doing uh, all over the world. So we have to be careful. The Bible says in Philippians 4, and I don't think I have this first. I'm just going to read it. I don't know if I put it on the screen, but you all probably know it. It says, fix your thoughts on things that are good. Say that with me. Say, fix my thoughts on things that are good, on things that are pure, on things that are lovely. If anything is praiseworthy, think on these things. Amen. Say, fix my thoughts. I mean, that would be a great New Year's resolution, wouldn't it? Just like, fix my thoughts this year. Like, like, Lord, fix my thoughts that they would be pure, that they would be lovely, and, and that I would think on these things, as we saw here in the Bible. So all these things uh, of being in alignment with God. And, and my prayer, I prayed all week. I'm like, God, what word would you have me say as we start this new year? Like, this is a big deal. I want to I start things off right. I want to I make some decisions. And not just, not just for the sake of putting it out there on social media or telling, Lord, I really want to change some things in my life. And, and to do that, I have to fix my thoughts. Amen. How many know it starts sometimes right here? Between the ears is where a lot of our, our trials and a lot of our life, it all kind of right here. And if we just say, God, I want to be in alignment with you. I want to fix my thoughts so that I can move closer to you. Fix our thoughts. First Thessalonians chapter 5, and I do have this verse. I want to read this. Would you just say those first three words with me? Aren't they amazing? Always be joyful. Look at someone near you. If you are by yourself, look at your hand. <laughs> Tell yourself. But say it to somebody, say, always be joyful. I mean, if we live by those three words, life would be a lot different. Amen? Always be joyful. Uh, while we were at this church in, in Pittsburgh, uh, they have like everywhere all over the church. I mean, they have like merchandise. You walk in, 
And Pastor Nick was like throwing hats and sweaters. He's like, you got to have this stuff. And, and they have merchandise everywhere. They have, a, they have a mascot for their children's church ministry. It's really funny and really cool. But everywhere you look in their church, you'll see these two words, choose joy. Right? Like, always be joyful. I mean, you know, it's sometimes a choice when we wake up in the morning. I am choosing to be happy today. I wish I could just say I feel happy all the time. Like, I feel this way. Or I feel, but sometimes we have to, like, I'm going to choose today to, to kind of share God's. I'm going to choose to share God's love. I'm, I'm choosing all these things. So always be, ha- uh, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Ever. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's huge. That's a, that's a three-part sermon. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. How many know right there, that can preach. You don't even have to be a preacher to preach that. I mean, you can, you can just read that verse over someone and be like, always be thankful, never stop praying, and in all circumstances be thankful. Amen. All those things are continual things, like moving forward to something. So we have to say it with me. Choose joy. Choose joy. I'm choosing, I'm choosing to be joyful and be thankful and be grateful in all things. Amen. All right. I'm going to give you three things here at the beginning of this sermon. Three points. The first point is really our, our, my message today. Be still and move on. Be still and move. That seems kind of difficult. Like, how do you be still and move? All right, how do you, how do, you do those things? Be still, move on. We'll, we'll kind of share that with you. Psalm 4610, reading out of the NIV. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I speak that word over, over all of us today, and some of you even more particularly. Like, be still. It's going to be okay. If we are moving closer to God, amen? If we fix our thoughts on God, these things. Like, we can be still and say, God, I trust you in this situation. Be still and move on. In Psalm 37, verse 7, this is out of the Amplified Bible. I love the way it reads. It's pretty awesome. It says, be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him and entrust yourself to him. Do not fret. Do not whine. Do not agonize because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who carries out wicked schemes, right? Be still, be still, and know, be still. You know, we all know the story when Jesus in, in Mark chapter 4, right? Remember, he, he was with the disciples, and there was his boat, and there was other boats. They were going to the other side of the lake, and, and the Bible says that a storm picked up, right? A tempest, a storm came, and, 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 and they were in the, in the midst of a storm. And, and where do we find Jesus in the storm? Well, he's fast asleep. As a matter of fact, he's, he's got himself a cushion of some sort, and he's, he's asleep during the storm. And, and if you know, the, the Bible says that the waters were breaking over the boat. Like, that's a big storm. And, and it, was, it was violent, and Jesus is sleeping, 
And, and finally, they wake him up, and they're like, teacher, are you do something. And what does he say to the storm? Peace, be still. In different translations, he says, quiet, be still. And there are times in our chaotic life that we just have to ask God, look, would, would you just be still over me? Amen? But how many know being still doesn't mean that we don't move on? Like, I, I want to be still, but I don't want to stay in the same place where I've been in the same situation. Amen? Like, be still, but move on. Say it with me. Be still, but move on. Like, like God, I want, I want there to be a season of rest and, and, and quieting things down in my life. How many enjoy having a season of quiet? How many enjoy a quiet home sometimes? Quiet, right? Sometimes we just like, I just want things to kind of quiet down. But that doesn't mean we don't move on. Like, I want to move forward. I want to move on. Being very intentional. I love that word, intentional. Like, like when I said about, like, when I wake up, I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing all these things, right? I, 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 I have the, God has given us the ability to, I'm going to choose this. And so being intentional is, is along those lines. Like intentionally being a person who prays. Church, let's be a church that is intentional about praying, amen? Like a t intentional about a church that, let's say it like this. We love the sinner. How many say I love the sinner? Amen? But we also need to love the struggling Christians. I mean, it's real easy to say, like, I love the sinner. Until you hang out with all the sinners and, and you're all right. But how I many also we need to love the struggling Christian? Because it's easy sometimes to say, I love the sinner. But then you see somebody who's a Christian, it's easier to point out all the faults. Lord, we want to not only love the sinner, but let us love the struggling Christians so that they can find their way back, amen, to the Father. And, and how many know the Father will be waiting there to throw a feast? Amen? How many have been part of that feast before? How many in this room were ever a prodigal? Yeah, I mean, there was a season in my life where, like, I'm so thankful that when I came back to my senses that there were people and, 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 and especially God in my life that was welcoming me back. And we find Moses here in Exodus chapter 14. This is where we're going to spend a little more time this morning. Exodus chapter 14. Moses is surrounded by the people. I mean, he's had some ups and downs. We know his, his life has been already just amazing. And he, he's surrounded by the people of Israel. And, and you know that story. We've, we've talked about it. You know it very well. They're standing there at the Red Sea on the banks of the Red Sea. And I'm sure there was murmuring and talking that, you know, we are going to die. This is not looking good. And, and so they, they, they go to Moses, and the, the Egyptians are, are chasing them down. They're coming after them. There's nowhere to go, right? Mountains are all around them. The, 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 they're just stuck in this valley, and they have the Red Sea in front of them. And they begin to ask Moses things like, why did you even bring us here? Like, what were you thinking? Uh, uh, did you bring us here to die? And so there's all this going on. And Moses answered the people in verse 13, chapter 14 of Exodus. He said, do not be afraid. 
Like, like, we're choosing to not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be what? Still. Just, just stop worrying about it. Like, how many, if God is for us, we say it, but we need to believe it. Like, who can be against us? Amen? Be still. Be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to do what? So he said to them, be still. Quit talking about, oh, why did this happen this way, this, that. I mean, we can rehearse everything again and again and again. We rehearse things. We talk about things that happened that hurt us. And they are real. But there has to come a point in our life that we say, God, I am moving on. Amen. Like, I, I am leaving these things in the past because if God is for me, who can be against me? We got to move forward. We got to move on. In Hebrew, the word here for this be still, move on, the word that would, uh, that would speak to this is called rafa. Say rafa, which means relax. <laughs> God was telling the Israelites, relax. Rafa, rafa. Number one is be still and move on. And I pray over, over any, any of you in this room right now, you're still kind of struggling with your identity. You're like who you are in Christ. And just say, I just, I just need to stop and then just move forward. Like I need to stop maybe rehearsing things so much. I, I, know, I know in our life, many times we'll go somewhere with our girls and me and Heather, we said, we finally come to the point, right, kids? We say, we got to stop talking about this. We just need to move forward and move on. Number two. Number one is be still, move on. Number two, thank God thoughts. Thank God thoughts. I mean, if you want the enemy to steal your dreams, just do nothing, right? If we want the enemy to steal our dreams, basically if we just do nothing and just sit back and we don't move forward, dreams will be stolen. And I love being around people who say, we're going after this, amen. I know if God is for us. Who can be against us? We're going after this thing. Like, God, I want this to happen. But if we want God to do something amazing in our life, we have to keep moving. See, God operates in a different realm than we operate. He, 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 he operates differently. Here's what I want us to remember. We move one way with age. Unfortunately, that is true, right? <laughs> We never stop getting older. I wish there was something. How I many of we would all be like billionaires if we could invent something that stopped our age process? But we get older. There's no way around it. Uh, we never stop moving forward, right? Even since church started, we're all a little bit older. I'm glad to share that with you. God bless you. Have a great day. You're just, you got older. You came to church and what'd you get? I got older. But we, we move in this realm of like always moving this way. We move in one direction. We move one way. But emotionally and spiritually, amen, we can move different ways. See, I've, I've seen people get stuck kind of on a timeline uh, uh, and, and never to get over, able to get over something. They kind of get stuck moving in one direction, moving in one way. Uh, but, but God wants us to 
be still, move forward, and, and have God thoughts. So like, God, I, I'm praying that, that verse that we say it all the time, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit with me, or, or fix my thoughts. Help me to, to move forward from this thing. I don't, I don't have to be in this place. My life, even though it's, it's been in this trajectory, how many know with God, our life can change into another direction? Like, like somebody said that I was going to be this, but then God got a hold of my life or God got a hold of your life and then my life went in another direction, right? So things can change. I've seen people who are 80, 90 years old, but spiritually and emotionally, they still have this young uh, love for God. They're still youthful in their worship. They're still excited about the things that God are doing. Like, we can't stop the aging physically process, but I never want to lose my childlike faith. I never want to lose my ability to dream. I never want to lose my ability to, to, to passionately praise God. I don't want to just kind of go in one direction and never change. God, I, 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 want, I, want, to, I want to see new things, amen? I want to have God's thoughts. You know, the Bible says that he knows, us from, he knows everything from the beginning to the end. Like God doesn't have a start or an end. Uh, try to imagine like eternity. It, it will break your brain. <laughs> like there have been times when I like literally will try to think about how long eternity is. You ever just stop and just think about things like that never stop? Like, etern- it's, it, it, after a while, it's like, I can't, my brain doesn't even, ma- how, how huge that is. Like, God doesn't have, like, these, these dates and these endings. And even though it's the start of a new year, like, like, we see everything kind of as a beginning and an end. But God sees everything as constantly moving forward, right? There is no end to God. And so as we are with God, there will be no end to our eternal life. So we have to keep moving. Number three. So number one was what? Be still and move on. And number two, thank God thoughts. Like, God, I want to have a, a, a thought of, of, of new things, new perspectives. And number three is an attitude of gratitude. Having an attitude of gratitude. How many know that will go a long way in our life? Like, like I want to be thankful. You remember that first verse we read? Always be joyful, right? And and part of that verse said, be thankful in all circumstances. Like not just the ones that I like, but all circumstances. God, I thank you for everything. You're teaching me something. You're showing me something. You're, You're guiding me through something. Like having an attitude of gratitude. I love the person who can find a reason to be grateful, uh, uh, almost in anything. Right? I, I love being around those people. It's something, and it is something that we can grow in. Like we can be intentional about saying, God, this year I want to be, I want to learn to grow to be more grateful and thankful. Amen. Uh, I, I, I think of several people in my life that I've come across that were just like grateful people. And, and, and it doesn't take very long to be around them to say, I like being around these people. And I've been around some people that are not thankful, they're not grateful. And how many know it doesn't take very long to say, I don't really like being around these people. 
And I pray that those people aren't us Christians. You know, my, my wife right here, I remember her mammal. Her name is Ruth Christman. And uh, her mammal, she was, she was like the, the postcard mammal. She always had her hair uh, up in a bun. And just like, I, like picture like that, that, uh, that old card, that Christmas card with the grandmother baking cookies and Rockwell, Norman Rockwell kind of thing here. And so, but that was her. I don't think I ever heard your mammal say a negative word. Ever. Well, one time she said something about me like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> She's like, you know, she honestly was one of the most grateful people. It didn't matter. I mean, just a, a, a person who like just thanked her. Like we would see the sun breaking through the clouds. And I remember her papa, same way. We would sit outside and she would say like, Jesus is coming back. Oh, I see him coming back in the clouds. And, and it, so it could be cloudy and gray, but she would still be thankful for things, right? And, and I wasn't around her as much as my wife Heather, but she's just somebody that I think of as always being grateful. Amen. And just always, like every time I saw her, she would say something about God and something about his goodness. And it's just like, I like that, Lord. That's just a grateful person who, who saw God in everything. I mean, it's very easy in our world to get cynical, right? To, to kind of see the negative side of things. But God, I want to be grateful this year. I, I want to I be thankful for my family, my friends, my church, uh, my community. And Lord, I pray that I would have an attitude of gratitude. Amen? An attitude of gratitude. Like, and I think it shouldn't ever be lost from one generation to the next. Like, people complain about like, uh, Gen Z, millennials, now we have the alpha generation. Guess what? They need to see it in our generation. Amen? How many know they need to see us coming to the house of God and thanking God, being grateful? Our worship, kids watch our worship. They do. And so if we sit back and we don't have kind of a grateful attitude in worship, they, they pick up on that. And then we say, what's wrong with this generation? Well, maybe we need to say, God, what's wrong with me? Amen. What can I do? Like, I want to be very uh, purposeful, intentional, that, that when I'm around people, that I am grateful and thankful. Amen. All right. And no, nobody knew this, probably more than David in the Bible. He was, as the Bible says, he was a man after God's own heart. And I think it's because he was constantly after God's heart that he was able to be grateful in all circumstances. Uh, David was put through all kinds of things. And, and, he, and we know he went through some pain. He went through some hardship. Uh, uh, he went through some guilt. Um, and, and when we read about it, and yet he still wrote these beautiful psalms like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, what, want. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He, everyone say, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Right? He's not going to lead us through... He's not, he's not going to lead us into something that's going to uh, take us down into a life of sin. He wants to lead us to a path of righteousness. Yea, though I walk through this valley, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you. So here, here's a shift 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I, I think this is an amazing verse here. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy, right, being joyful, will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Wow, forever. Like the things we do on earth echo for eternity, don't they? Like, like our, our, our life now, sometimes it's easy just to kind of see kind of like this, this time that God has given us here on earth. And, and it might seem long, but it, as I said, we're all moving forward and, and getting older. But, but we know there's a lot more eternity. We have eternity to live for. And when we are aligned with God's purpose, God gives us assignment. And I think that's the word I really want us to cap capture in this moment of the sermon. Is like, what is our assignment this year? Like, like ask God, what is my assignment? I don't want to just stay. I, I, I want to be still in my spirit. So what that means to me is like, be still in my spirit. Let there be rest. Let there be like peace. I don't know. I want more peace. But I want to move on. Like, what is my assignment? And I mean, anytime you ask God to take you to another level, God will say, good, but many times we find there comes an enemy, right? The enemy. Think about it, right? David was kind of a nobody. He was anointed king, but once the enemy Goliath came, it accelerated his life, didn't it? Um, He was already anointed, but he hadn't done anything yet. We ask God many times, like, God, why? You know, why is this happening? Why me? Why, why this? Why this situation? And why are my kids not living for you? Or why doesn't my marriage look like their marriage? And we start comparing. We start living this life of like, like, like what is my assignment here on earth? I don't feel like I'm doing much. And we start kind of living in this life, and we can't get things together. And, and I always hear that still, small voice. That still small voice that says, trust me. And how many we have to come to a place in life where we fix our thoughts and we say, God, I trust you. Like, Lord, I, 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 I lay down my life. I need to stay aligned, stay aligned, stay. If I could give you any advice in your life, and I have some over the years, I would say stay aligned. Like stay connected. Live, live a life of being intentional about, like, I am going to read the Bible. I am going to fast and pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do these things. I, I need to stay aligned because my assignment is to go into the storm even if I don't feel like it because knowing that God goes before me. Amen? So I was inspired this week as I was around Pastor Nick, and I didn't even tell my wife this, but I don't know if you remember me doing this, but I did this almost 20 years ago. I saw this really awesome illustration. Matter of fact, let me just, first time I did this illustration, I used, um, how many remember when your printer uh, would print out paper and the paper was all connected? It had a bunch of holes down the side. And so you'd print it out and you'd have to like tear the sides off. How many remember that kind of paper? Come in a box, right? 
I can't find that paper anymore, so I'm going to use a rope. <laughs> but, but like 20 years ago, I, I took our, our sanctuary, and I took some of that paper, and I put it all the way around the whole sanctuary. I don't know. Do you remember this? Okay. Well, I don't have that paper, so I'm going to use this rope. And so when I was back, I remember doing this when I had these group of kids. I called them the Harmer House kids that would come to our church, and and they were new believers, and some of them were still kind of, uh, um, um, kind of just living in a lifestyle that we were trying to get them to see eternity on, on a different level. So, um, and I and I remember doing this. And um, can I use? Uh, let's see, Clara, you happen just to look right my way. So, can I have you come up here, Clara? Let's give Clara a hand. I'm using you. We're going to give you a hand. Will you take the other end of this rope and just walk all the way back to the sign back there? And, and I just, yeah, I'm sorry if it's a little, there we go. Um, imagine, okay, so we're going to have to use our imagination. Like, imagine that this, sorry, communion table. Imagine that this rope, imagine that this rope goes on forever. Okay, so just keep going back a little further. Yeah, a little bit more. I know this is not eternity. Just imagine that this rope that you see is like your existence into, like this rope goes around the world. It goes all the way to the end of the universe. Clara, you are so far away, right? You're at the end of the universe, right? So imagine that this is like your existence for eternity. And, and, and you see this red part right here? Yeah, this little red part. This, this represents your time on earth. Like, this is it. And so, how many know, like, you, you have a few short years on earth, right? And then you have all of eternity. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's a visual, but you see, like, like this, is, this is your existence now. Like, some of you, you know, like, some of you are, like, here. I, I'm, I'm somewhere here, right? And, and, and some of you might be a little bit down this way, Right? And, and so, I mean, you know, when we look at it this way, it's not really that big compared to that. And, and, and so, what, what blows me away is there are many people that only think about the red part, right? They're only, they're consumed by this. And, and if, I, if I just save up enough, maybe I can enjoy this part, right? If I, if I just do these things, and maybe for this little bit here, I know I could have given to missions. I know I could have gone on that mission trip, but I really wanted, right, this thing here. And, and not saying that those things are bad, but when, when we're consumed by it, when we forget about that. See, we, we need to have an eternal perspective, amen? Like, like, be still, God, bring peace, but I need to move on in my life. And, and so... And, and so all these things, right? The Bible teaches us, thanks, Clara. Would you come on back here? And I think you see it. Awesome, thank you. I think you see it right here like this, like there's a lot of white here. And, 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 and so often that we, the Bible teaches us that what I do during this red part determines how we exist for millions and millions and forever, right? It, it, like this determines everything. And, and I think sometimes it's easy to kind of get 
like caught up in this. Remember Paul said, I'm going to invest my life for a purpose, like, like for a mission. I, I, I'm investing. So like he said, like when I cross the line, how many know I can't, someday we are all going to cross that line. And, and it might seem kind of insignificant now, but there will come a day, there will come a time when we will know, we're like, I am crossing that line. And, and I want to finish that race well. Amen. Paul said, I have, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And, and, and so I'm praying like as we move on that we can intentionally say, God, I want to grow. Like I want, to, I want this year to be a year of spiritual growth in my life. Amen. I, I, want, I want to go deeper in my walk with God. I want to be intentional. It's like the runner who's moving forward, right? The best runners in the world, if you ever watch the Olympics, the best runners, they don't look around. They don't look behind because as soon as they start getting distracted by what everyone else is doing, they slow down. And so you'll see the best runners, they, they see the finish line like Usain Bolt, the fastest man to ever live. He ran the 40 in less than 4.6 seconds. All I can tell you is that that is really fast. That's like running from the parsonage to the dumpster in the back of the church in four seconds. Maybe not quite that long, but the parking lot length up top. And so, like, a good runner will keep their focus on the finish line. But many times we get so distracted by all these other things and, and like, I need to do this and, I, and, and, and what, is, what are they saying? But how many know we need to just keep our eyes on the finish line so that when we get to eternity, which would be obviously a never-ending rope, that we can say, I'm so thankful all those years. And, and the, the key is in this life, you say, what is the formula? Always be what? Joyful. Amen? Always, what is that verse out for slow? Let's say, always be joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. If I could have the worship team join me as we prepare our hearts for communion. Paul said, I'm keeping my eyes on the finish line. And whatever you're going through right now, and I believe that every one of us in this room are going through different seasons, storms, like the disciples were on that boat, and that storm just came up and just hit them, right? Just, there it was. I mean, when they started off across the sea, it probably looked fine, the waters were calm, but then something came unexpected. And it's funny that they were beginning to panic, but yet they had the one who created the wind and the waves in their midst. Like, like right there was the one who can fix it all. And they, they spent some time maybe like, like troubled and, and, and wondering why this was happening. And finally Jesus is like, you know, quiet, be still. And, and maybe there's someone here today, and I believe that probably all of us can agree that well, we go through things. As we, as we walk into this new year, like we bring things with us from, from our, you know, last year and the years past. But, but there has to come a point where we say, God, those things that have happened, I pray now that they will be used 
to strengthen me, that I can learn from them, that I can, I can use them for witnessing and, and giving testimony. God, I trust you. I, I'm grateful for all that you do for me. In your heart right now, just in your mind, just think of something that you're grateful for. And it might be your grandkids, right? I just, I'm thankful for their smiles. I'm thankful for my grandkids. Or I'm thankful for my spouse. I'm thankful for that friend that was there when I felt like everybody else abandoned me. I'm thankful for my church. I, I'm thankful for the work. I mean, there's so many things. Most of all, I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for Jesus who paid it all. Maybe your life has been in some waters that are just kind of running too fast. You're just kind of losing a little bit of control. Remember, God's calling you. He, he leads you beside the still waters. Now, I'm going to pray over you the Lord's Prayer, and then we're going to receive communion together. I want, we read it, but I want to pray it over you at this whole idea of be still and move on. Lord is my shepherd. Let that sink in. Guides me. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Sometimes all you can do is stop what you're doing and just, God, lead me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. In other words, the path that you were headed down lead, that leads to nowhere, God is leading you to a new way of living. Like he, he says, I want to take you. Uh, you, you. You're getting older. That process won't stop. But the, the process of living that lifestyle, he's like, that one can stop. I can lead you down a new path for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For God, you are with us, your rod and your staff. And then it says he prepares a table before you and your enemies. He anoints your head with oil, your cup will run over. Surely goodness and mercy, not pain, not guilt, but goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. You will dwell house of the Lord forever. The white part of that rope, forever. God, we thank you. Thank you for this word to be still. Be still. First Kings 19, Elijah was running. The Bible says he was running from Jezebel. He, he hid. He slept underneath a broom tree. He was running for his life. He was, he was afraid. He was scared. And finally, it's like, should I look for him in, in, the, in the earthquake? He was waiting to hear the voice of God. Will it be in this? Will it be in something loud? And finally, the, the, the word of the Lord says, it came in the sound of a still, small voice. That, that assurance. Lord, prepare our hearts now to receive communion together. 
right now, if there's anything, say, God, take this. Forgive me. Would you pray that prayer if that's in your heart? Say, God, I ask for forgiveness. Cleanse me. Wash me. And I, I, I come today as someone unworthy to receive communion. But because of your son, Jesus, I can partake in this. Like, we are unworthy to receive salvation in the eternity. That's why it's a free gift, right? Grace and salvation, it's a free gift. And, and so we receive it with this grateful heart saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you.